At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition. Hornets ready for round two against the Boston Celtics, looking for some revenge after a 122-106 loss on Saturday night. This one will be a daylight delight. Hornets are honoring Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day at the Hive. We'll talk about some of the records that have been previously set on MLK Day, both for the Hornets and for the NBA in general. And, of course, we'll have our game preview for this one later on today. Helping me out on this podcast, he's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo, with us again here on the HHC. And Rob, a little bit earlier day here, we're getting the podcast knocked out of the way. Several of these topics are going to still be relevant afterwards for those NBA fans looking for the MLK Day records or perhaps some of the other records that we're going to talk about. So uh, if you're tuned in and the game's already over, don't fret. Still have plenty for you to dissect, but maybe the game preview at the end might not be as relevant depending on when you're tuned in. You can at least see how right or how wrong we were, I guess. You there can look you at go. it that way. I like that. Or are I we like... nose to dramas or not? I, I suppose you could go through any of the archive to do the there same thing, but uh, yeah, well, here, here we go. So the Hornets playing again on MLK Day. The NBA continues its tradition of using the game of basketball to honor the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. with various activities on and off the court to promote unity, togetherness, and equality. Uh, NBA has played games on MLK Day every year since the holiday was first observed in 1986, the only exception being the 98-99 season because the season didn't begin until after the holiday had passed. It didn't start until February 5th. So in total, there have been 358 NBA games played on MLK Day, and there's another nine set for this season, including the one that we will have later on here, 
Hornets versus the Boston Celtics. And so I was going through NBA.com and they had some of the records for MLK Day. And so we're going to put it like this. Which ones are reasonable to think that the Hornets might be able to take them down and, and with this current team the kind of offensive firepower they have on uh, a squad like Boston who certainly puts up a lot of shots and creates a lot of opportunities for the opposition to get up and down as well some of these might be susceptible so the one that would come to mind first and foremost is with anything in the NBA it's points so the record for points by a team yes oh by a team yeah. I think I have the record for individual but I will let you continue we'll get to the, the individuals in a moment for a team on MLK Day it's 140 Golden State did that against Seattle in 1989. So this is an older record. This is going back well before this era now where there's so many more three-pointers put up and that and the other. So it's a little surprising that that number goes back to that era. Of course, that era, the run TMC and Don Nelson's kind of philosophies on the game of basketball, basically a predecessor to how the game is played today. But still, a little surprising to me that that's the record. On MLK Day, you have to go back to 1989 to get the scoring record. Especially, like you said, not even in the modern day with the three point line. So, I mean, that's also another thing, too, with the single game record for most points for the Hornets. I mean, it was all the way back in the 90s until it fell recently last year when the team had that big offensive explosion out in Indiana. And then there was that overtime game in Houston last year where they were able to break the record. And again, they had an extra five minutes to score some more points. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty crazy stuff. I would have pegged it as maybe only two or three years old not many more than that, a couple decades. 144 has not been reached by the Hornets this season. As you indicated, it did happen last season, but only once. Hornets scored 158. So Charlotte's been playing well offensively. Still, I don't think this is the most likely record to fall here today on MLK Day. In terms of individual points, you seem to think you know the answer. Do you know it for the Hornets or do you know it in general? Well, I would hope it would be for both because the Hornets record would be 52 by Kemba Walker back in 2016. It would be kind of hard for someone to outpace 52 by Kemba. So I'm interested to see if that's a different person from is, the league standpoint. It is not the overall record. You're correct. Kemba Walker's 52 on MLK Day 2016 against Utah is the Hornets record. Overall record belongs to Dame Lillard. He scored 61 against Golden State in 2020. So again, this is one that's going to be very difficult to beat. The Hornets' best offensive player all season long has been LaMelo Ball. His season high mark is 32, so you're basically asking him to double it to reach the overall record. I think that is pretty unlikely, and if you're just talking about the Hornets record, you're asking him to exceed his season high by 20. I think that's unlikely as well, but that's where the mark stands. Let's go to assists. Most assists on MLK Day is 22. That record belongs to Mark Jackson, another uh, player from a, a previous era, so to speak, posting that mark. He did that on MLK Day in 1997. He was a member of the Denver Nuggets, did it against the New Jersey Nets. Not even the Brooklyn Nets, the New Jersey Nets at the time. So that one, I think, is unlikely to fall. In terms of the Hornets team record, that best mark belongs to Muggsy Bogues. He had 16 on MLK Day of 1990. That was actually on the road at Phoenix. So that one's maybe more possible. Yeah, I think so, especially with... A guy like LaMelo Ball in control, I mean, he had, you know, just the other day, a pretty his season high for most assists in the game. I want to say he had, what, 16 that night or something similar to that? He so. actually has not had 16 yet this season. His career best is 15. He had 14. 
Correct. There you go. So his career best is 15 assists. He did that against the Knicks last season. So I think 16 is possible. It would be a great piece of history for the Hornets to accomplish on MLK Day here in 2023. So that one I think is possible. Uh, 22, that's pretty far over LaMelo's previous best, so I think a little less likely. The one I think that is most possible, there have been 19 triple-doubles on MLK Day, one by Charlotte. Boris Dia had won 25 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists in 2011. This is the part that I think is possible. The most points in a triple-double on MLK Day is 34. That was actually done by Ben Simmons. He was with Philadelphia at the time, did it at Brooklyn in 2020. (laughs) How about that? (laughs) The irony. So I think that's the one that's most possible to fall for the Hornets. And here's why. LaMelo Ball has put together back-to-back 30-point efforts. He was on triple-double pace the other day against Boston. So if he can continue at that kind of pace, it was only four rebounds and one assist away from the triple-double last time, I think this is doable. And the way he's been shooting the ball, the way he's been scoring so efficiently, I think he could get this one. So my pick for most likely record to fall from a Hornets perspective on MLK Day this year is... LaMelo Ball, most points in a triple-double in NBA history on MLK Day. So we're looking at the overall body of the work in the entire NBA history, not just franchise history? Well, either one would apply. Again, I, I, I think the assist is possible. Yes, that's what I was going to pick. Okay, that's fair. So, But I do think that the 34 is not out of the question. I mean, especially the way that he's been playing. I mean... 31 on Saturday, and he had seven rebounds, nine assists. So, I mean, you know, and he ended up playing 39 minutes. If it's a closer game, maybe he ends up playing, you know, 40, 41 minutes, and then he's able to get a couple more rebounds, and he gets one more assist, and then maybe he's able to hit a three as well. And LaMelo did not shoot the ball very well from beyond the arc on Saturday. He was one of eight. So if he goes three of eight or four for eight or something like that, I mean, there's 34 easily right there. So that's definitely not out of the question, but I think the assist record could certainly make an impact as well for whatever reason the Celtics decide to blitz LaMelo today for whatever reason and try to get the ball out of his hands, and then maybe he racks up a couple more assists. So for me, I'll take assists since you took the most points in a triple-double, and we'll just go ahead and say that there's Rob Rules here in this segment, and we'll call it a day. Rob Rules definitely apply, just for reference. Most points LaMelo's ever had in a triple-double personally is 29, so uh, maybe I'm having second thoughts. Maybe the assist is a little bit more likely. He was only one assist away on his best-ever game in that category, and he's five points away on top of needing the rebounds and assists, which is hard enough to do, but still nonetheless, hopefully some history gets made today with the Hornets taking on the Boston Celtics. Speaking of NBA history, some was made recently uh, in terms of total attendance. The NBA record for attendance at a single individual regular season NBA game was cracked by the San Antonio Spurs hosting the Golden State Warriors at the Alamo Dome. We'll talk about that and where we'd like to see the Hornets play in a max capacity game. We'll have that next here on the Hornets Hivecast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on a game day edition of the HHC. We'll have our game preview for Hornets versus Celtics round two momentarily, but we're just talking about records set on MLK Day across the NBA as well as within the Charlotte Hornets organization. A different record fell in recent days. The San Antonio Spurs announced an attendance of 68,323 in their return to the Alamo Dome. That was a record for an NBA regular season game. They were hosting Steph Curry and the defending world champion. Golden State Warriors. It shattered the previous record of 62,046 who gathered to watch Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls play the Atlanta Hawks at the Georgia Dome in March of 1998. So it got me thinking, first off, great, great thing to see. Kudos to the fans out in San Antonio. The Spurs are having a rough season. The Golden State Warriors, while they are the defending champs, they're not exactly having the same kind of season that they did last season. Or maybe they kind of are. I guess they were underachieving for a little while until Clay Thompson got healthy and then eventually made their run. But that's neither here nor there. 68,000 people showing up to watch a basketball game. That's history that's been made. And we've seen games held in in different venues uh, in the college game. Obviously, Syracuse has played in a football stadium for a lot of years. We see the NCAA final routinely held in NFL-sized stadiums and arenas, so this would not be uncharted territory. But it is something different, something unique, and so we're going to briefly touch on the venues that we'd envision if we could see the Hornets play anywhere. Where would you like to see them play? This is a tough one, and by the way, we're having some really good topics here on today's edition of the HHC, but I did watch the first quarter of that game in San Antonio the other night before it got a little ugly for the sake of the uh, Spurs, but it was really cool to see, and the one thing I will say that was really cool about that game before I get to my answer is that you could have got in the door with a $10 ticket, which is the same amount of the ticket when they played at the original Alamo Dome back in the 90s, which was really cool, and they also put a graphic on the screen, too, that the cheapest seat to get into the finals when the Spurs made it in 1999 was $15. Could you imagine that these days? But anyways, I digress. So, I mean, I think the one place that I would like to see the Hornets maybe play, and this would be really cool just based off of the history of North Carolina and the state of North Carolina and that sort of thing, is maybe trying to play some sort of preseason game at Fort Bragg. I don't know if there's the facilities there or anything like that. I know that there's been those baseball games played on Fort Bragg before a couple years ago where there was that game, first time a professional MLB game was played in the state of North Carolina. That was really cool to see, you know, just because of the influence that military base and, of course, what it means to the state and that sort of thing, really right in the heart of North Carolina, of course, too. You know, obviously, there's the Blue Bloods of Duke and North Carolina and that sort of thing, and we've seen preseason games in Greensboro. We've been able to cover a lot of ground here for the Hornets, but I think that would be a little cool, and I know, obviously, we would want to see them in maybe, like, some sort of dome where there's 70,000 people or something like that. I know before we started 
talking about this before we started recording a podcast we were talking about how there's been games played in tennis stadiums and of course if you look at college games they play those games on aircraft carriers Gonzaga had one this year against Michigan State as well that was really cool so if I had to pick one place that I want to see the Hornets play I think it would be cool if they were able to get something going on Fort Bragg kind of a salute to the troops and that sort of thing as well would just be a really cool experience I think I love that idea I think that that's Perfect. That's a perfect idea. I'll bring idea. it up to the boss. I, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, that might be something that's possible to do one day. Probably has to happen preseason when the, the weather's a little bit better and uh, or you know maybe you have to create some kind of facility. I think the ideal way to get the Hornets in a venue in North Carolina that's over 60,000 seats is probably a new football stadium at some point and at the dome and and has that possibility so that being unlikely i drifted out of state in my thought and i just thought hey if you're if you're gonna go big let's go to the granddaddy of them all let's play a game at the rose bowl it's never been done before <laughs> uh you could certainly fit a hundred thousand people into that venue and in Southern California at that time of year, you're likely to have the kind of weather that's going to allow for this to happen. You're, you're not going to see the summer squalls that sometimes happen in other locales across the country. And this would have to be a preseason game. So if you're going to do it in the preseason and you see some kind of weather or you see some kind of moisture, it's not impossible to cancel 100,000 tickets. So I'll go Rose Bowl as my venue, even though I think your idea is much better. If NASCAR can put a racetrack inside the LA Coliseum, then why can't they put a basketball court in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl? They certainly could. There you have it. If you have an idea of where you'd love to see the Hornets or any NBA team for that matter play a regular season or preseason game and come somewhere near the 68,000 announced attendance at the Alamo Dome the other day. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter or social media. We'd love to see your answers. Coming up next, Hornets playing the Celtics round two. We will have our game preview next here on the Hornets Hivecast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. We've gone through some NBA history that was made in terms of attendance the other day, the NBA history on MLK Day specifically, Hornets and NBA in general, and now it's time to give you our game preview for round two of Hornets versus the Boston Celtics. Charlotte comes into the day with a record of 11-33, and 33. Celtics' best record in the association. They are 32-12, and 12, but as we saw in the first half of Game 1 of this series. Charlotte can absolutely hang with the Celtics. They did. They had the lead at halftime. Uh, Now the question is, can they sustain it for a full 48? Need sat to watch as well as players to watch from either side. Rob Longo, where would you like to begin? I feel like we just did this, you know, 48 hours ago, but if I had to pick somebody, I think let's start with the Celtics player to watch. And I guess you got to go with Jason Tatum. I mean, he had 33 the other night. He was quote-unquote, off from beyond the arc, 414 from three. Took a high shot volume, of course, 12 of 27 from the field in general. Five for five free throw line. He was almost flirting with the triple-double also. He had nine rebounds, six assists as well. He's just one of those guys that does everything. Obviously, we think Jalen Brown's going to be out for this one once again with that adductor strain. Interim coach Joe Mazzulla said that he's probably going to miss at least a week, and that would, of course, encompass both of these games here in Charlotte. So don't see him being a running mate with Jason Tatum. If I had to pick an X factor, not to take everybody off the roster, obviously, but you know, Derek White had a really strong start to the game on Saturday. He only played four minutes, but he was three for three and had eight points, and he kind of just had a weird, awkward collision there early in the first quarter. Missed the rest of the game with a neck strain. Obviously, we don't know what his status is moving into this one as of the recording of this podcast, but If he was able to return this afternoon, then I might sway my pick in his direction just because of the hot start that he had and just an unlucky situation for him. But he was that running mate for Jason Tatum there through the first four or five minutes of the game. But if I had to pick someone that I absolutely know is going to play today, it's got to be Jason Tatum. Can't go wrong with a pick of Jason Tatum, 33 points, nine rebounds. Six assists on a quote-unquote off-shooting night the other night in the Celtics' win over the Hornets. As good as he was, and even though he was dominant in the plus-minus, I don't think Boston won the game because of Jason Tatum. The first half of that game, Tatum was a positive in the plus-minus, as most of the starters were, but the Hornets still led because Charlotte's bench drastically outplayed Boston's. In the second half, that's where that really started to turn, and I think it turned in particular because of Malcolm Brogdon. Now, he played plays starter minutes without actually being a starter. So there's a little cheat to, you know, make him, you know, probably a six man of the year candidate and and certainly a player to watch. But I think he's the player to watch in this game. I think you assume Tatum's going for 30 on a nightly basis because that's what Jason Tatum does. But Malcolm Brogdon posted a season high 30 points the other day in the win over the Hornets. And again, I think his play, particularly in the second half, how he dominated things, that's why Charlotte went from being a plus four in the first half to a minus 20 in the second half. So Malcolm Brogdon, my player to watch for Boston. Next up, stat to watch or Hornet to watch? Let's go with the Hornet to watch. I'm going to take a look at Mason Plumlee. Nine points, 16 rebounds in that game on Saturday against Boston. He was terrible from the field, Sam. He was 4-10. We expect perfection from the Plum Dog Millionaire these days. Now, I mean, he obviously it wasn't going to be one of those days where you know, he can't shoot 79% from the field forever. I know he had such a great stretch there over the last handful of games, but, you know, 4-10, it's funny that we're talking about 4-10 from the field and Mason was struggling. It's just the way that he's been able to play as of late. So I think it's one of those games where he's able to bounce back a little bit, if you want to call it that. And by bounce back, I guess he scores another couple points and he still reaches that double-double, even though he had a game-high 16 boards the other night. But, you know, I think... Going against a guy like Al Horford, Crafty Vet, 
Mason Plumlee's a little bit of a veteran guy himself. I think he figures it out. He watches the tape a little bit. He's able to have a couple more tricks in his bag for this afternoon against a guy like Al Horford. So I'm going to take a look at Mason Plumlee, and he's my player to watch. I think he has a bounce-back game this afternoon. I'm going to go with LaMelo Ball. We said earlier how if we're going to see some MLK Day history, almost all of the records we're watching for have to do with LaMelo Ball. The assist record for the Hornets on MLK Day is 16. That belongs to Muggsy Bogues. That's just one away from what LaMelo's already career best is, so possible. Most points in a triple-double on MLK Day across the NBA is 34, and I think that's doable for LaMelo as well. He was on triple-double pace the other day against the Celtics, didn't quite reach the rebounds or assists. Quite frankly, the points didn't get to 34 either, Um, but the way he's been scoring the basketball as of late and just his overall talent level, I think that one's doable. So if he's going to make some history, he's got to be my player to watch. Last but not least... A stat to watch. I'm torn on this one. I wanted to look at three-pointers just because that kind of seemed to be the downfall of the Hornets the other day just because Boston put up 53 three-point attempts and they were able to can 19 of them. But I think I got to look at bench points mostly because of what you talked about with Malcolm Brogdon. He had 30 points off the bench. Of course, that was a season high against the Hornets. That just seems to be the way that it goes this year so far for Charlotte. But it's not so much the fact that Brogdon had those 30 and that the bench scoring was a 46-22 to 22 advantage for for the Celtics. That's a big part of it for Brogdon, of course, outscoring Charlotte's bench on his own, but somebody in Charlotte's bench just kind of has to step up a little bit. Nick Richards had eight points. Cody Martin had eight points, but other than that, there wasn't a whole lot of scoring from some of those reserve guys, and I know that you have players like Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball to lean on that, of course, were both north of 20. LaMelo was north of 30, but at the end of the day, somebody on the bench has to step up. It might be maybe a guy like Nick Richards, who has been seeing a lot of playing time as of late. Could be Cody Martin as well. He played 21 minutes the other night and just couldn't really get a whole lot going offensively. He was 3 of 5 from the field, so he was selective, but at the end of the day, somebody has to step up on that bench, and that's why bench points are my stat to watch tonight. I'm going to go with field goal attempts. This is one of my favorites to look at most games. I think the teams that shoot better in the NBA are going to win the majority of games but the way you overcome being a lesser shooting team in terms of your efficiency is to take more shots. Boston's one of the best shooting teams in the NBA they have been all season long I don't see any signs that they are going to slow down so for Charlotte to make up that difference they did shoot with Boston in game one I don't mean to say that they can't do it but the more likely way of overcoming it is to take more shots. Now Boston did take more shots in round one. It wasn't something glaring, but they had four fewer turnovers than the Hornets did. They had four extra offensive rebounds than the Hornets did. They end up taking 11 more shots than the Hornets did, and that's a big part of the reason why they were able to pull away and get the win. So for Charlotte, for this one tonight, I'm looking at field goal attempts. I think the Hornets can't assume that they're going to outshoot a Celtics team that's got one of the best offenses in recent NBA memory, uh, so you got to just take more shots than them. That's my statistic to watch for this one. It is a daylight delight. Hopefully you caught this podcast early enough, maybe on your way to the stadium here for MLK Day at the Hive, 1 p.m. tip time. Tickets are available at Hornets.com. If you missed us this homestand, don't worry. There are plenty more Hornets home games 
on the horizon. That horizon, though, is a little further off right now. Charlotte's going to be back on the road for another long road trip, four games straight. Hornets return to the Hive again to host the Chicago Bulls on January 26th. And the good news is that after that point, Charlotte's got a lot more home games than road games for the remainder of the season, particularly after the All-Star break, but just in general, we're going to see a lot more of Hornets basketball at Spectrum Center. So we'd love to have you make some plans to join us at The Hive. Go to Hornets.com for all the information. Rob Longo, thanks as always for joining me here on the HHC. Thanks, Sam. We'll talk in, what, five minutes? Uh, Yeah, the game is about to tip off, I'm sure. Thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. For Rob Longo and everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. Well, We'll talk to you tomorrow with a breakdown edition of tonight's game right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. Brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.